Hello, hello, and welcome to the Relate and Educate podcast. It's Erin Patton here. Today, you are going to listen to mini episode number three. Our mini episodes were recorded live at the Oklahoma State Department of Education's 2022 Winter Conference. This was on December 22nd of 22. Um, And this was a really awesome conference. Rick and I were there as vendors. We had a vendor booth at the vendor table, and then we were also there as speakers. Now, one of the other vendors is who you are going to get to hear from today. It is Dr. Greg Hudnall, H-U-D-N-A-L-L. I spell it for you because I want you to make sure you remember his name, Dr. Greg Hudnall, because I totally butcher it in this episode and I'm very embarrassed about it. Dr. Greg Hudnall, I'm very sorry. I'm hoping that I'll say your name, Dr. Hudnall, enough times, Dr. Hudnall, that everyone will remember it, Dr. Hudnall, and no one will ever mispronounce your name again, Dr. Say it with me, Hudnall. Um, So I apologize for that and... Hopefully I don't make the same mistake. (laughs) Dr. Hudnall has a really great organization called Hope Squad. Hope Squad is a school-based suicide prevention program. And he talks all about it. He talks about kind of the origin of it, why he started this, and then how this runs. And it's really remarkable. It's not only just a school-based suicide prevention program, but students are involved in this. Students are helping to facilitate these prevention actions. And it's just... It's remarkable. Um, Dr. Hudnall lives in Utah, and his program is all, I mean, in tons of states all over the nation. Um, Look him up, Hope Squad, if you are interested in him, you know, coming to your school and your school being a Hope Squad school. It's so very needed. Um, I know the sad truth is that many of you have had students or have had students in your building who have died by suicide. And it is absolutely heart-wrenching. A couple of years ago, one of my students that I had when um, the student was a third grader, they had grown up, were in college, and unfortunately, they took their own life. And it is really, oh my goodness, I mean, everything that you think it would be, and then worse, losing one of your students, and so this is so very needed, suicide is preventable, and I am so grateful that there are people like Dr. Hudnall out there who are educating our youth, so that, you know, educating them in mental health things, and so that there's you know, more awareness and more awareness of even what to do if you or a friend, you know, if a young person or a friend is having suicidal thoughts or, you know, struggling with any sort of mental illness. It's so nice that our students today have direction and knowledge and at least, you know, hopefully a sense of where they could go to find the knowledge um, and information that they would need. And so I'm just beyond grateful. I can't wait for you all to hear this conversation. So I'm going to go ahead and let you do that. So please enjoy this conversation about Hope Squad, the amazing organization of Dr. Greg Hubschall. Amplifying the voices of teachers, 
This is Relate and Educate. We are back, and this time we are here with Dr. Greg A. Hundle. Hello, doctor. Hi. It is nice to see you. Glad to have you on our podcast. Now, you came up to our booth, and you are another vendor for Hope Squad. Tell us about Hope Squad. So Hope Squad is a school-based suicide prevention program. Um, I'm a former high school principal. Uh Lost five kids to suicide in Provo, Utah, home to Brigham Young University. And uh, the Hope Squad model is based around the the research that shows seven out of ten young people before they take their lives will tell a friend, and then those friends will not tell an adult. Gotcha. Well, when, when we talked earlier, I, I knew I wanted to, when you were walking me through the development of all of this, um, I knew that I wanted to talk with you more about it and let, let our listeners know about it. So if you could just expound on what your experience was and then where that took you and how this thing developed because the story of its development speaks to the need that yes. is uh, you know pervasive across the country so um as a high school principal in provo um i lost five kids to suicide spoke yep. at three of their funerals uh, provo city school district is about sixteen thousand students mm-hmm. ninth largest in the state of utah and unfortunately, for over 15 years, we had lost one to two students a year, including the loss of a fourth grader on campus. Wow. So I'm embarrassed to say, but we became very callous to suicide yeah. just because it was, it was part of the norm. Yeah. And then uh, one evening, I was contacted by the Provo police, and they asked me to come down and identify the body of a 14-year-old who had taken his life in the public park next to my school. Oh. And uh, afterwards, I literally walked to my car and threw up and sobbed. This was a great young man who came from a great family. And I remember being very angry with myself because once again, I Mm -hmm. lost a young person uh, under my watch. And and then I was angry at this young man. Why didn't you tell us? You know, why didn't you come to us or let someone know that you were hurting so bad? So uh, as I sat there in that car, I made a vow that I would do everything I could. Um, The next year, I was promoted to the district office, and we started focusing on training adults Mm -hmm. uh, because they're the gatekeepers to young people. But we kept losing kids. And then we had a young man walk into Provo High School, take his watch off, give it to his best friend, and said, "Uh, I'm not going to need this anymore. Went on to tell five other friends he was going to take his life, Mm -hmm. and not one of those friends told an adult. Mm -hmm. So we decided to switch from training adults to focusing on kids right so we spent three years looking at every program around the world we brought in our school psychologists school counselors school social workers brought in researchers from brigham young university and mental health experts and what we found is there are great programs out there but they weren't designed by public educators right Mm. and so we put our model together went into timpview high right next to brigham young university Um, It was our ground zero. More threats, more attempts, more suicides. Mm -hmm. Previous three years, four suicides. Wow. So we went through every English class and we asked every young person, if you were struggling emotionally and needed to talk to someone, list the names of three of the peers that you would feel comfortable going to. And the most amazing thing happened, the same 40 names rose to the top 
out of 2,100. Yeah, that program speaks was so volumes, successful. Just yeah, that. It, well, isn't it amazing that? And what they tend to be is the natural helpers, the ones that you feel comfortable going to. Yeah. But the program was so successful, we put it in district-wide, 13 elementaries, three middle schools, three high schools. We went nine years without a suicide. And, wow. and, and the program was uh, around, built around those 40 names, right? So yes. you worked with those 40 kids, and, and what did you do with them? So the concept is um, we train the, advise the school counselors to meet with those kids once a week. Mm -hmm. And they started training them on warning signs, risk factors, self-care, boundaries, but most important, when to go to an adult. Yeah. And referral after referral started to come in. Even in the elementary schools, wow. kids were starting to cut. Yeah. We're seeing more kids with anxiety and other things. And so kids don't want to die. They want the pain to go, go away. away. Yep. But they don't know how to make that pain go away. Yeah. And we... We did an interview with a, a student um, about a month or two ago, and she talked about, she tried to commit suicide three times as a teen, and she said that she cut herself and did not even feel the pain. Yeah. But she said, I just wanted the pain to stop, and, and she wanted a distraction. So it is, it is a deeply rooted uh, feeling that they have and it's a strong driver for those kids and they just don't know what to do with all of that emotional yeah. you know uh, baggage but to have that mechanism built in I, I think it's brilliant what you did to go to the the people that are the most well trusted and well connected that represent the whole and then teach them like this is what you're looking for and this is what you do if you do get a friend that tells you that they you yeah. know are, are considering that and so let's let's go back. Let's talk about the effectiveness of that. Um, I know you said it before, but if you could reiterate and then then go from where, you know, it was obviously successful, and then where it went from there. Yeah. So we honestly never thought we'd be out of Provo. Mm -hmm. uh, by that time, I was next in line to be superintendent, and then um, someone had presented on our model back in Washington, and then President Obama's team reached out. Mm -hmm. And then I was invited to testify to the United States Surgeon General in Congress. And then it, it's like, as educators, we like to share what's successful. Yeah. We do no marketing. Yeah. And counselors would talk to other counselors. They would talk at state conferences. And it just exploded. Yeah. Our governor heard about it, asked us to present to our state legislature. When we got done, he turned to his assistant and said, I want to hope squad in every school. Mm -hmm. So we are funded by our legislature in Utah, um, uh, and we're in about 80% of the schools in yeah. Utah. And then it just state after state heard about it, and we're now in 1,700 schools in 46 states. We're in Canada. We're in South Korea. Wow. Uh, we're headed to Ghana in April to start wow. our first schools there. Yeah. And so it, it's... It's, it's so exciting because I get a chance to visit with these young people all the time, and they will come up and give me a hug or a high five and say, thanks for creating this. Yeah. And I said, well, I may have created it, but you're the ones that are making it so successful. Mm -hmm. And what I hear time and time again is they're so grateful because they're finally learning how to be that advocate, mm -hmm. to be that peer that can help, because they were already coming to them. Yeah. You know, that th th what what we've created is something that's always been going on. We're just now giving them the skill set 
to know what to do, how to, to, how to help, fr help those friends. Yeah, and, and I want to punctuate what you just said with it's, it's spreading across the world because it works. Yeah. The, the numbers are very clear that suicides drop when hope uh, comes in. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. The school that, that we started in, Timview High, that had three suicides before the year we started, this is now their 17th year without a suicide. Yeah. We went nine years in my district without a suicide, and we didn't even notice it. I mean, I'm embarrassed to say because we were doing so many other things. Yeah. But by year five, people were counting. And I remember that ninth year, my staff, it was like, remember, it's a wonderful life, and they have the, the two dollars, you know, that's left, and they're waiting, watching the clock. Every week uh, in the last two months of the school year, my staff would come in and go, this is year nine. Yeah. This is year nine. Wow. Um, and so it's pretty exciting. I yeah. mean, like, you've saved more kids' lives than you even know. I mean, that's just, that's remarkable. That just moves me. I'm so, so, so grateful for that. We have uh, amazing emails and letters from parents that you just read it and you start to sob. Mm. You know, parents, um, and I, I'll use the example. There was a... Uh, and our legislators, our governor likes to brag about this one, but there was a kid who was bullied at school. And uh, he came home, his mom and dad didn't get off work till five. So he went in to his dad's gun closet, pulled out the gun, and he's literally loading the handgun. And a Hope Squad member reaches out and says, calls him on his cell phone, says, I don't know you as well, but I'm wondering if you'd like to go hang out at the mall with us today because I knew that you had a tough day. So the kid puts the gun down, half-loaded, runs out to get on his bike and rides to the mall to be with these friends. And uh, the dad came home, of course, found the gun, confronted his son, and of course the, gun, the, the son told him what happened. Uh, a mentor of mine who's a child psychiatrist at the University of Utah, he says that you can have 100 young people referred to the school counselors with suicidal ideation, 97 of them would never need to see a professional if they just had a friend to talk to. Number one reason young people take their lives, they feel all alone. Alone. Yeah. Yeah. And they feel like no one, no one cares about them. Yeah. Whew. I mean, this is why I wanted you to be on the podcast. This yeah. is, to me, this is a no-brainer. And that you, you definitely do need to be in schools across the country and across the world to save lives. Um, because there is that psychological effect of when somebody sees, you know, uh, Billy has killed himself, you get copycats. Yeah. That, that's yeah. a part of it. So it, there's a momentum that goes both ways. Nine years, no, no suicides. But yeah. you could also get, like you said, four in a year. Yeah. You know, so that... The, you're, you're creating positive momentum in the world. Yeah, and, and we know that of all deaths, suicides are the most preventable. Mm -hmm. If yeah. we recognize those signs and we know how to reach out and provide that help, and you know, we cannot prevent every suicide, but we know um, that we can prevent a lot. Yeah, yeah. And wow. I am so glad and grateful that you are doing this. You're doing good work. Well, thank you, and I, I always remind myself it's, it's these amazing 57,000 young people that every day get out of bed and ask themselves, what can I do? Yeah. How can I help someone? Yeah. So it's this, um, 
it's this band of young young men and young women mm -hmm. that you just admire. Yeah. So we want to give people something actionable. So if you're a principal, a superintendent, a, a teacher at a school, and you're you like what you're hearing, how mm -hmm. do they find you? Yeah, you know, one of, one of the most important things, the first thing they want to do is reach out to us, and um, they can contact us at hopesquad.com, okay. H-O-P-E-S-Q-U-A-D.com, and um, uh, uh, they can click on the contact me. Mm -hmm. uh, they can also do an email. I'm, it's greg, G-R-E-G, -E at hopesquad.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do a lot of training. We do a lot of presentations. And um, because it, our, our mantra really says it best, while it takes an entire village to raise a child, we believe it takes an entire community to save one. Ooh, so it's yeah. all hands on deck. That's good. Yeah. Well, is there, any other, is there anything else that you would like to plug about Hope Squad that people need to know? Um, you know, the, the research, and I, and I may have mentioned it a little earlier, that seven out of ten young people that take their lives tell a friend, and those friends don't tell an adult. Uh, the top two reasons young people take their lives is they feel all alone. So I train thousands of teachers every year, and one of the things I ask is in every class, at least call on your kids once by their name. Yeah. Because it's amazing what it does to hear your name. Mm -hmm. When you hear your name in a positive way, yeah. you feel connected. You feel that someone knows you and you don't feel invisible. And then the second reason young people take their lives is they feel that they're a burden. Romantic breakup, disciplinary action, something happens in their life. So we train thousands of parents every year. And one of the things we always tell parents, check in with your child. Yeah. How are you doing? And when you see a stressful event in their life, you want to have the courage to ask, are you all right? Have you thought about hurting yourself? Have you thought about suicide? So really critical. Yeah, it's a good message. It is really good. is. Well, thank, excuse me. Thank you, Dr. Hudnom so much for joining us for these couple of minutes. I'm so glad we met you. <laughs> I think we're going to be in contact probably again. Like I hope this, so. This is wonderful. So thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Please visit our website at relatethenneducate.com. And if you would like us to come to your school, we would love to get to do that. So go to our website, click on our speaking page, and see what all we talk about. We could come. We could lead some PDs for your school. We also host really awesome workshops. So, yeah, go to our website, get in touch with us, and we want to meet you. Teachers, we are always looking for more of you to get to interview, for more of you to get to talk to so we can all hear your wonderful, wonderful stories because, teachers, you have a story worthy of sharing. So please reach out to us on our website or email us at relatethenneducate at gmail.com. We would love to get to have you and interview you and hear all of your hilarious stories, wonderful insight, anything you have to say on this podcast. All right. And this next request is just like shameless begging and pleading. Please like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Relate Then Educate and on Twitter at Relate Then E-D-U-C and the number one. And then to really, really help us grow, to help this podcast grow on whatever you're listening to this podcast, like us, follow us, leave a review, even share us. That would be so wonderful and so helpful to help us grow. We want to get your voices, your teacher voices out into the ears of other teachers. All right. Finally, I'm going to close with this last statement, teachers. You better have your ears on. 
sitting up straight. I'm just kidding. I don't care about any of that stuff. Teachers, you are worthy. You are valuable and you are loved. Bye.